Welcome to the Rehope Podcast. Before we dive into this week's message, we'd like to provide you with some helpful resources. If you'd like someone to pray for you, it would be our joy to connect with you. So please email us at prayer at rehope.co.uk. If you'd like to get connected with an online Bible read-through group from wherever you are in the world, you can email brt at rehope.co.uk and be a part of a small group of people reading through the Bible cover to cover each year. Finally, if you would like to support the work and ministry of Rehope financially, you can do so online at rehope.co.uk slash giving. We pray you find this message encouraging, enlightening, and helpful. Enjoy. Well, happy Advent, my dudes. Um, this week we are in full Christmas mode. The trees are up, the candles are lit, the strout waffles and the gingerbread men are served. Hot chocolate. Uh, Jamie made that eggnog creamer for you. You are too good to us. Um, a lot of thank you should go to Jamie, her read-through group, Leanne, um, I mean, a lot, especially to Leanne Co for like all the decoration in here. So good. Um, so thankful for you guys. Like all the good, fun, Christmassy things are happening or have happened. I couldn't forget about our Christmas concert last night. The best. So good. Christmas. I love it. I love it. And starting this week, um, and then over the next three, we are going to be thinking about all the Adventy things. Um, coming up, we'll be thinking about peace and joy, and finally on Christmas Eve, we'll be focusing in on love, but today we're going to think about hope, and I don't know about you, but I'm really down for a wee boost of hope this year, like I'm, I'm feeling like I'm ready for that, and before we get into this, I would love to bless you, and I bless you in the name of Jesus, to know Jesus even more wonderfully today, I bless you to receive healing in your body, your mind, your emotions, and your spirit, however you need God to move for you, so that you can have hope and prevail no matter the circumstances that you find yourself in. And I bless you with the hope, the peace, the joy, and the love of God today. May it be. May it be. Friends, this church's name is Rehope. So like that's like regarding hope. Um, when I first saw Rehope's sign, I thought it was like some email church. Um, and I thought that the re stood for reply. Turns out it stands for regarding, as in like this is a church that is all about hope. And it's great to take some time to think about one of the key things that defines us. And hope doesn't always get the spotlight that um, it deserves, you know? I mean, I feel like especially at Christmas, you know, in that passage that Fiona recounted for us earlier, it's not wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of hope. It's just not. Prince of peace. Prince steal, uh, peace steals the show, and that's fine. Peace is good. We like peace. We're going to let peace have its moment. It's not hope to the world, the Lord is come. No, it's not that. Joy to the world, joy is good. Joy is a good thing. Joy can have its moment. Or even, it's not like, for this is how God hoped the world. He sent his one and only son. That's not how it works. I hope doesn't even make sense grammatically in that moment. It kind of feels like hope, like it just doesn't get the spotlight that it deserves half the time. But it's nice to take a moment in Advent too focus on it because hope is important. And last year, um, during the first Advent message on hope, for the like 20 of you who were around last Christmas, we're glad you're still here. For all of you who are new to Rehope Southside within the last year, we are so glad that you're here too. 
hang in there with me for a little second and while we do a deep dive into last year. Last year, we kind of like asked the question to ourselves, like, is it even possible to have hope if you don't have things that are kind of bleak in your life? Sometimes it feels like hope needs a contrast point in order to even exist. And we were thinking that you need something that's not great so that you can have hope that that thing is going to get better. And that logic kind of stands up for me, but I feel like I've gotten a fresh perspective on hope within the last 12 months. I've seen a new dimension to it, and here's what I'm talking about. So our, our Advent reading um, from memory, love that, um, started with this verse, and it says, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. And for those living in the land of deep darkness, a light will shine. That's kind of juicy, that, isn't it? Because if you've been around church um, at Christmas, like probably at all, um, you'll, have, you'll have heard this verse before, um, maybe even a bunch of times. It's a prophecy that stands up there with like some of the most famous prophecies, but we're used to hearing it like this. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light, and a light has dawned on those living in the land of darkness. We're used to the past tense. Like in this translation here, and the people are currently walking in the darkness, that's their present tense, but they have seen a light in the past. Like that's already happened. A light has dawned, dawned deal, already happened, but they're still in darkness. It feels like they haven't experienced any breakthrough or any change in their circumstances yet, at least not yet. Well, what about this one, though? This one says the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. And those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. So in this one, dudes walked in darkness, past tense. But that w darkness walking is done. And they have seen a great light, past tense. All of that stuff has already happened. And in this one, it feels like they have dwelled in the land of darkness and the light shone and all that is done. So their circumstances have completely changed. The, the land isn't dark anymore. It has a different flavor to it, doesn't it, in that translation? What about this one then? El pueblo que a escuras cambiaba. Oh, Spanish is, Spanish is funny now. Apologies. <laughs> Um, if you are a Spanish speaker. El pueblo que a escuras cambiaba, vio surgir un luz deslumbradora, habitaban un país tenebroso y una luz brillante los cubrió. In this one, the people caminaban, like they used to walk in the darkness. And actually, like the, the imperfect tense, they used to do a bunch of darkness walking, but something has changed that's over now because VO, like the indicative preterite tense in Spanish is for things that are one and done, over. So they, is it like they saw the light once and it's over? No, not quite because VO here, they saw a dazzling light emerge. So the emerging is done, but that makes it feel like the light is still going on, right? And you know, in this like last little bit, like la luz brillante, los cubrió, like the light covered them. It doesn't feel like something covers you for like just a split second, right? It feels like when something covers you, immersed in it. Feels like in this one, they were walking in darkness. They used to, but a light has shone for them. And then the light keeps carrying on into the future, even though the darkness thing is done. I kind of like that. I kind of like that. 
each of these translations has a different flavor, eh? And in each one of, of, these, um, of these three, at least, there are challenging circumstances, and in one of them, it feels like the light hasn't made a difference yet, but it's going to. And in one of them, it feels like problems solved, and in one of them, feels like problem solved, but there's hope and light that is carried on into the future. But that first translation, the one that Fiona recalled for us earlier, like that one kind of stands out, because that one says the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those living in the land of deep darkness, a light will shine. And this one, dudes are walking present tense, habitual happens all the time vibes. They are still in the darkness. But they will see, good news, they will see a great light. But that's gonna still come in the future. Still living in the land of darkness, but yo, good news is coming. It's just not here yet. So, Bible, which one is it? Like, is it past tense and which past tense? Is it future tense? What is it? What's going on? I mean, I'm kind of cool with it being all of them. And like, here's what I mean. I'm going to get there, I promise. Okay, so um, I work, you met Fiona a second ago. I work in the same office as Fiona, and we are a pretty dangerous combination. There's like a couple of dorks working across the room from each other. And working with Fiona is um, good for me because I'm like a totally like task-driven person. If I just like get my headphones in and get my head down, I would probably like, sometimes I do genuinely forget to breathe. <laughs> um, but Fiona is there to remind me to breathe and snap me out of those moments because she does this thing where she goes like, oh. <laughs> and then she'll wait for you to ask her what it is. Sometimes she waits. Sometimes she's just like, right, Crooksy. Okay, I'm not being funny, but... And then she'll, like, say this, like, complete dork thing, and then I'm in, and me and her are down a rabbit hole for, like, 15 minutes, and it's really fun. Although sometimes she'll just be like, Crooksy, I'm not being funny, but... And then she'll ask this question. This one is a real-life example. Um, she was like, Crooksy, like, like, what even is righteousness? And you're like, well, do you know, like, I mean, I know she knows what righteousness is, but see, when you try and tie something down with a definition, that's hard. And we're like, well, it's like, uh, maybe that's part of it, but it's probably not all of it. So I suppose, nah, there's more to it than that too. And you're kind of like, hmm. And then we're down a rabbit hole for like 15 minutes talking about what righteousness is. And I know that I could be like way worse people on earth. That is a solid gold fact. But I'm not trying to be too fiona But, but, like what is hope? <laughs> like what even is hope? Baby, don't hurt me. No, wait, that one's not hope either. <laughs> Feels like hope is something that when you know it, you know it, but it is kind of hard to tie down. Actually, maybe like all of the Advent themes are quite like that. Um, here's a little example. So in uh, December 2019, my little sister Elizabeth came to Portland to visit with Jamie and me, and she was with us for like all of the Christmas season and Hogmanay, and it was fun. And one day, Elizabeth and I drove um, up to this one mountain that's about two hours away from Portland called Mount Hood. And if you drive up at sunrise, it looks like this. Um, never do that, my dudes. You would hate it. It's awful. I don't miss it at all. But we drove up. It wasn't for sunrise. Um, we drove up, stopped off for a little lunch. That was cute. Kept going, driving up. By the time we get up the mountain and we're getting to this one lake called Lost Lake, it's starting to get dark. And uh, Lost Lake is called Lost Lake because like, it's pretty out of the way. 
And when you get like up to a certain point, like you've been cruising so far and it's been fine, but after that point, they stop maintaining the roads. So it's just like you're like snow plowing your way up to this mountain, uh, uh, to the lake, and it's class. But no big deal. And um, we had like a big, dumb American car. So we're sweet. And we get up to the lake. By the time we get there, it's kind of starting to get dark. And there is like no one around for miles. And you know what um, it's like when there's snow? Like it dampens the sound of everything else. So we ditched the car at the side, actually kind of in the middle of the road, because who's coming? No one. And we start walking down this path towards the lake, and it's just the sound of our footsteps and our voices, and everything else is just like perfectly quiet. And it's at that moment that Elizabeth starts to tell me about the true crime podcast that she's been listening to (laughs) with the tagline, don't go out in the woods, as we walk into this national forest with no one else around us anywhere for miles cool. But then we get down to the lakeside and we stop, stop walking, stop talking, and there is just zero sound at all. And it just felt like peace. I just like forget all the stresses and the worries of the moment. Like forget all the things that we still had to get ready for Christmas. And forget the podcast taglines. And forget that in just two more days, um, I was going to have to go into work and do kids ministry at our church's seven Christmas Eve services. You heard me. That was seven, the number seven. And I'm just like, that's going to be a lot. But in that like blissful peaceful moment like everything else just melted away like this like little island of calm in the middle of a busy Christmas season 100% peace was my lived experience in that moment it was like nothing else matters but hope doesn't really tend to work like that like at least for me hope doesn't tend to make me forget my circumstances and sometimes I do kind of end up feeling like hope is reliant on circumstances to be hard to provide a contrast point We use the word hope pretty much exclusively to express some kind of uncertainty. Like we we use it when we want like a good thing to happen. Like I hope it snows this Christmas, or maybe a more grown-up version is like, oh, I just hope my kid sleeps through the night tonight. But you got the snow, so um, uncertain doesn't mean impossible. As for your kid sleeping through the night, probably you can hope all you want, but that's not going to happen. We can use hope um, to express uncertainty, like when we want improvement in the face of a challenge, you know, and you're just like, oh, I hope that life gets a bit calmer in the new year, which sounds like a thing that adults say to themselves constantly, like without seeing any change until they die. Um, So cool. Great. Love that one. And sometimes we use the word hope to um, express the reason why we think the good thing that we want to happen could happen, like help us, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're our only hope. And he is a Jedi after all, like he can help, but like where is he, like Tatooine, where even is that? Is he gonna get this message, who knows? We normally use hope to express something that is uncertain, but we do want a movement out of difficult times into better times, but I mean, who knows, man, like life is life, no, I mean, like good things that we want to happen or like this reason why we think it could happen, those are just like one possibility out of the endless possibilities of things that might happen. So like, who knows? The Bible uses hope um, in those senses, um, it does, 
Um, sometimes even applying all of those senses to the same thing, but with this twist that makes all of the difference. So here's an example from our man of the moment, Abraham. Um, in Romans uh, chapter 4, verse 18, we read that even when there was no hope, or sorry, when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. Like Abraham did want a good thing to happen. Like he wanted to have a kid and that kid, to be fair, was gonna be the start of big things, a start that would culminate in Abraham being the father of many nations. Like Abraham wanted, he hoped that that good thing would happen. And Abraham wanted improvement in the face of a challenge. Do you know, like he old, like Sarah is old. Like there was no logical certainty that that good thing would happen to them. And it's not like things were gonna be easy or guaranteed for them, far from it. But Abraham hoped to see improvement in the face of a challenge. And Abraham, this is the kicker, this is the big one. Um, Abraham knew the reason why he could have hope. He knew the reason why like the good thing that he wanted to happen could happen. And this is the big one for the Bible that kind of defines the Bible hoped thing. Abraham hoped even when it made no sense because God had said it, God said it. So even though he hoped for something that was genuinely, history-alteringly massive and a logical impossibility, never mind uncertain, Abraham hopes about it in all certainty, since God says it's going to happen. Bible hope is certain hope. And that makes sense, right? Do you know if we get back to the verse from the prophecy in Isaiah? Like whatever the tense may be, whatever like the past tense may be, like those things, they've seen a light somewhere and the light has dawned and it shone and lost cubrio, like it covered them, like all that stuff happened for real. No doubt or no denying the stuff that happened in the past. You know that because it happened. Like no one is chatting like people walking in darkness could have seen a great light and a light like might have dawned on those living in the land of darkness. Like forget that. Bible hope is certain hope. And that's all well and good you say and we can all be certain about the things that have happened in the past but it's the things that are gonna happen in the future that are uncertain. And that's a fair point. Like we don't tend to look back on things with hope. We tend to look forward with hope. And for this prophecy, and in the translation that looks forward, dudes will see. For sure they will. Not could have. They will see. A light will shine for certain. Bible hope is certain hope. But it's just really hard to find like certainty when you're looking forward into things that you don't know like how they're gonna pan out, do you know? So when there's uncertainty about the future, focus on the certain. And this year my perspective on hope has changed and, and last year I kinda did still think there had to be something grim to provide a contrast point for hope. And quite often, to be fair, our hope does exist within the context of a challenge. But now I see that that doesn't always have to be the case. And now I see that when the challenge ends, the hope doesn't have to end with it. This year, when facing a couple of professional challenges, Brian gave me some advice and that helped me to keep 
a hopeful mindset in those challenges and then carry the hope forward once the challenges had passed. Like one such challenge was the dry rot thing. Do you know, last January, man, I just couldn't see a way out of that at all. Like the challenge just seemed so big. Like how are we ever gonna do something about it? And Brian gave me this advice. He told me, just don't let it get to you. Oh, right, that was what I was forgetting. Just don't let it get to you. It's that simple. Just don't let it get to you. And then the dry rot disappeared. <laughs> I could have snarked, but I didn't. Like, I don't know how that dry rot thing was going to work out. I don't know where the money was coming from. I didn't know. I definitely didn't know how I was going to not let it get to me. All of that was uncertain. But I chose in that moment to think about things that were certain. And I'm just going to outline them for you here so that, like, you have an example of what sorts of things you could think of to find certainty um, whenever you don't know what the pathway forward looks like. So um, the first thing, and this came out really clearly in my conversation with Brian, the first thing was like, look, our building challenges are not Brian's first building challenges. Our building challenges, the dry rot thing, isn't even Rehope Southside's first big building challenge. And Brian has been here and he has done that and he's learned from it and he's walked through it. And unfortunately for him, he has the hair loss to prove it. Like he, he took it, <laughs> you know? But he's been around and he's done it and he's learned from it. So I can follow the advice of someone who has walked before me. Do you know? I can take that advice, even if it doesn't seem like the easiest advice to receive or do. I can take that advice from him because he's done this before and I can trust him. And the second thing I thought of was in the past, Brian's advice to me is like, been helpful, also at times like quite challenging, but still helpful. And when you're facing something and someone gives you advice like just don't let it get to you, and it, can, it could seem insensitive and dismissive, but I didn't think that because I can think back on all the other times that Brian has given me advice and what kind of a boss and friend and mentor he's been to me over the course of the last 15 plus years. And I can know for certain that Brian's not insensitive to me. Like Brian doesn't dismiss me. He takes me seriously and he helps. And sometimes his advice has been challenging, hard to hear, hard to implement. But sometimes the hard things are worth working on, do you know? It tends to work out like that. And those are all Brian things, like human level, like here are my challenging circumstances things. And even in them, we can find some certainty to walk forward with. But the real certainty was still to come for me. And that's like this, that, yo, like God has always looked after Rehope Southside, Rehope Church and all of its challenges. And we can put our hope in him. He's provided finances and people with skills and all the things that we've needed for building challenges. In the past, we could put our hope in him then and we can put our hope in him again. And I made a choice that day to not let it get to me or at least try, like I'm, I'm quite a sensitive wee soul deep down inside and I knew that it was probably gonna get to me somehow and, and it did, but I moved out of that. But I did cho choose Step into that challenge knowing what I was hoping for. I was hoping for a financial provision so that the dry rot could get fixed. And I was hoping for that not to crush me. And I also went into it, like reminding myself of who I was putting my hope in. I was putting my hope in the God who has provided so generously before and can do it again. 
And as for the dudes who received that prophecy from Isaiah, you know, their, their lives were so uncertain. Like the political landscape back then was just wild, dude. Kings were coming and going all over the place and were generally like pretty disappointing um, if we're being kind to them. And a prophecy of a Messiah, like someone who was going to come and reign forever and be good at it and be fair at it. Yo, that's going to be music to their ears. Or so you'd hope. Dudes haven't got a wonderful track record of accepting Isaiah's prophecies and responding with hope as we can see um, in Isaiah chapter 7, just like a couple of chapters earlier. They're not wonderful at that. And how we respond to challenges does make a difference. How we respond to bringing light to us makes a big difference to our hope. Like hope is evident in our responses. And often we need to respond with hope before anything shifts. Do you know, I responded with hope and it didn't make the dry rot disappear. But hope is evident in our responses. For Isaiah's audience, the light had dawned for them, but the Messiah didn't come for another like 700 years. And I'm sure that they were looking forward to it. I'm sure they were looking forward to it probably with a little bit of uncertainty. I know like for a lot of people back then, yeah, it was like really uncertain. But we can look back on the coming of Jesus at Christmas with all the certainty that it really did happen and therefore provide us with concrete certainty that there is hope for us in Jesus. There's hope for us and hope for our future so that no matter what circumstances we find ourselves in a thrill of hope and the weary world rejoices. Hey, hope, yes, hope did it, love that, so good. Listen, this is a church about hope. A church about hope is in the name. And our responses to challenges, um, we try, we at least try to have a hopeful outlook. We don't pretend that challenges don't exist. This is not the church called regarding denial. But we're gonna choose to look to hope, uh, hope in God in our challenges until he makes a difference, and while he is making a difference, until he has finished making a difference, and then we can carry our hope forward with us, even after those challenges are passed. In this last year, God, like as if he, as if he had to, but he did, he proved to me that he is looking out for this church and its people. We face some big challenges, but even while they were still going on, we moved into a really fun, exciting, life-filled season. He was looking after this church and its people, bringing life to us, even while there was still dry rot all over the place. God is good to us. He's proved that to me. Whether our circumstances are challenging or otherwise, we can put our hope in God, and that hope is well-placed, well-placed. Friends, I've got a little challenge for you. Um, it's really dorky. I've got a flow chart for you. Um, let's work this flow chart to figure out what you need to do next. So first of all, we're thinking like, am I in the middle of challenging circumstances right now? And if the answer is yes, then you're thinking about like, have, have I seen light? Have I got hope at the end of the tunnel? Do I know what things are gonna look like at the end of this? And if the answer to that is yes, then that light is already making a difference and that's good. So if you've seen the light, then like 
focus on what you're hoping for and focus on like what it is about God that's going to bring that breakthrough and what's going to give you confidence and use those things to like craft and shape your prayers as you continue to pray for like the complete working through of all of these challenges so you can carry hope forward in the future and if you haven't seen light from God yet in your challenging circumstances I bless you now with light and eyes to see what God is doing for you I encourage you to seek him, ask him, like, where is my hope coming from? And like, remind him, God, this is what you're like. You're good, you're kind. I wanna put my hope in you. Show me, show me what it is that I should be hoping for because my hope is in you already. I just need to know what I'm hoping for. Seek him and then um, do the yes branch. And if you're not in the middle of challenging circumstances just now, praise God, thank him. And then we can take a moment to reflect on like what we've learned from the last set of challenging circumstances that you find yourself in and what it is that you want to carry forward. And I want you to like write a list of what you learned and what you want to carry forward and stash it somewhere where you can see it because you're gonna need that again, but it's gonna be there for you and you can carry your hope into your next season. Um, friends, I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to move into a time of response. God, we love you and we say thank you. Thank you for the hope that you give us. I just declare and affirm again that our hope is in you and that hope is well placed. You're trustworthy and good and kind and strong. And whether we're in challenging circumstances right now or not, like, you know, what's around the next corner? Like, we don't know, but you know, and you're there with us. So we put our hope in you. Bless you. Thank you. You're wonderful and you're wonderful to us. Amen.